You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Episode 19, and uh, the great thing about episode 19 is today we're going to have Elliot on with us again. He's a regular contributor. Uh, JR had to take last week off. We'll get back in the saddle with him this week, but uh, Gio will be back. We'll be, you know, Thanksgiving kind of threw a wrinkle in things and holiday schedules, so we kind of got off track there, but, uh, but we were about to just have Elliot pop on our, our call here and Alain Vigno, also known as Gant, uh, was fired by the Philadelphia Flyers. So we just put a little bit of a delay in that in his, uh, his time getting on with this Riv. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the Gant. Well, he stuff's said, happening right now. Well, he said last week on the episode with us, he said, he said, what I'm curious to know is what's going to happen in Philadelphia. But Vancouver cleaned house yesterday uh, well Benning's out um, and Travis Green Travis coach. Green's out they didn't get rid of assistants right uh, they got uh, a rid of one of the assistant jams which I don't okay. know his name okay and then so Elliot's about to pop on with us and he says hang tight 
we have uh, some news about Vino. So a lot going on in the NHL. And then on top of that, I'll let you comment on this quickly. An awesome response from episode 18 with our Sabres roundtable with Mike Harrington and Paul Hamilton. Yes. Love them or hate them, those guys. Uh, they, uh, they speak the truth. They're guys that are, that are there um, each and every day watching the team. They're more dialed into that team than anyone here in Buffalo. And uh, listen, I mean, they give their opinions. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, listen, I mean, I, could, I couldn't stand Mike Harrington when I was uh, uh, playing uh, here for the Sabres. And, and, you know, Paul Hamilton, you know, these guys are hard. They hard. They tell the truth. And sometimes, you know, as a player, you just don't want to hear that. Um, but, uh, you know, now that I'm, uh, now that I'm past that point, now that I'm, I, I look at, uh, the face value of what's going on with the hockey team, don't know what's going on in the dressing room. Um, uh, Mike Harrington, Paul Hamilton do not know what's going on on the inner workings of that team, but, uh, they are as close to that team as anyone. And I'm going to tell you this, there has been a lot of response with that episode. They have a good a feel people. of the pulse, though. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the, there, are always, there are always a couple media members in each town that, that have a little bit better understanding of what's going on than, uh, you know, than maybe they lead on, right? And, you know, these guys definitely know. They know what's going on. They hear things. They, they're around the team. You know, they that you can always sense an attitude. If you're in the media and you've been around long enough, you can sense which players are genuine, which ones aren't, which ones are going to be hard to deal with, you know? And, uh, but as long as there's like that mutual respect, right. But you know, it's hard to have mutual respect. It really is as a player. Well, then I was just just going to ask you that. Like, is is it hard? Because no one, you don't want things written, you know, negatively about you. Like that's, that's the last thing you want to hear it adds more pressure to you that pressure you know deep down inside in your core you try and you try and uh, say to yourself you know it's not going to bother me you know i'm going to stay away away from even reading the media news or you know i don't know how as a young professional athlete in today's society that you can get away from it i I don't see how you can the only it's way everywhere. is the only well the only way is to not have social media at all and not read the to paper. not have a phone like back when we played it was and and much before that obviously not just in our time but before that and shortly after but definitely before our time uh, it was don't read the paper you know don't watch the highlights but, yeah. but again you know like don't watch the news you know things like that so it was easy to escape it's not easy for athletes to escape no, it's nowadays not. like I almost feel like. Like you have to understand that that criticism and all of those possibilities of social media criticism and donkeys commenting is just part of the reality of sports these days. Yep. You got to have real thick skin. I'll tell you that. That's the, that's the first thing you have to understand that uh, your uh, career in what sport you play is going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be an up and down one. And uh, you've never seen a guy that's taken his career and just had a trajectory that is going up and everything is, you know, like you're riding a unicorn into the, the clouds and, you know, you're going to have tough days. You're going to have tough weeks and tough months. And even for that matter, you're probably going to have tough years if you play, if you play your sport long enough. 
and uh, you really have to have thick skin. You have to have uh, you have to let things roll off your back because there's there's going to be a lot of negativity out there. Even even when things are going well, there's always reporters that their job is to write negativity. That's just their job. It's like their job is not just to cover the sport. It's to get dirt. It's, it's, that is their niche in how they, they write. And, and we've all seen those guys. We've all been around those guys. It's not like you can't talk to them because you're obligated as a professional athlete in your, in your job to, to speak to these guys. No, mandated. no, 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 mandated, mandated, better, which word. I think is ridiculous too, by the way. I don't know if that's a conversation. Another, I, I think the fact that we force these players to talk after every game and like, just take, you know what? Again, I, I hate dwelling, but just take Jack Eichel, for example, like, like, you know, you and I, everybody has, you know, criticized his body language and stuff in interviews, but I'm just like, well, you look at the six years that he's here, like how long, how many times could he really have positivity in a post game press conference? So I just ask myself without making this about Jack and his time in Buffalo, I, like, why do we, why do we force this among, uh, upon the players to, yeah. to stand at the podium every single night? And granted, it's a different player. But it's not. But it's not. It's not like, a different player. How many right. times did you go to Jack Eichel in the last six years? Like, they, the media wants to talk so to Jack much Eichel that you, and Sam Reinhart. Sam Reinhart basically wore this face. He'd go into the meeting, okay? He's dealing with the media. They all come in. Guess what? Guess what he's got to talk about? He's got to talk about the same thing. It's like Groundhog Day. Didn't, didn't play well enough. You know, he didn't work hard enough, made too many mistakes, blah, blah, blah. It's always negative. And over years and years and years, it can wear on you. Jack, in particular, wore it right on his face. Right on his face. And it was the worst thing for a professional athlete to do is, I wear, to is wear your anger and pain on your face. I hate to say it, but someone, someone should have taken that young man aside and said, you need, I don't care how pissed off you are. I don't care how upset you are. You have to have a stone face. You have to have a stone face, let it out. But you know, the rolling of the eyes and, and, and the head nods and, and, you know, looking up, you know, as he's speaking to the media, he's looking up into the, in, at the ceiling at times, like the way you could tell how irritated and upset he was and it's a long time it was a long time i f i feel bad for jack you almost I feel bad for sam reinhardt you almost wonder if the disc problem in his neck came from all the uh I, I just hurt my neck on that too by the way right there i'm not joking that's karma that's karma biting you right in the neck um yeah, so I mean, I didn't want to make it make it too much about that. Tell me about Gant before Elliot comes on here. Like the Flyers fire Vino. You know, a, lo a lot of our listeners know us from our past show, but yeah. you know, there are a lot of new listeners. So I, I you know, Alain Vino. Hold on a sec here. Alain Vino was let go today, and we're just welcoming in Elliot Friedman here. And he's going to come right in, right? What's happening? What, what makes you think that you can just let him on like that? We were having an unbelievable discussion, Petey. 
What was it about? You. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me. It's just better if I don't know. Oh. Uh, it really was. It was about, you know, it, it, it wasn't. Um, no. So you gave us the news this morning about Alain Vigneault being let go. Mm-hmm. Craig played for him. And it, did you know, do you know what Alain Vigneault's nickname is? Uh, at no, least when Craig it? played for it behind his back, do you know what his nickname was? <laughs> no, I certainly don't know that. Go ahead. What Andy. was it? We called him Gant. Gant? Gant. Which is short for what, Elliot? What is Gant short for? In what word would players want to call their coach Gant? One word. Go you ahead. got me on this one. A little short? arrogant. Oh, I see. Okay, arrogant. Okay. Um, you know, I got, like, I'll tell you a story. Kevin Bieksa told me a story once about Vino. And um, he said that he hated Vigneault when he first started playing for him. And Trevor Linden sat him down and said, um, and said that uh, you're going to find out he's going to be one of your best coaches that you're ever going to play for. And BX has said, you've got to be kidding. Like, I can't believe that. And BX has said it was true. Now, I have a theory on this. My theory is that I'm not really convinced that Vino, like I think he wanted to take more time when Philly offered him the job. Like one of the places I believe that happened was when John Tortorella was fired in New York, I thought Vancouver was like totally the wrong match with him. And I don't think he should have gone to Vancouver. I think he should have taken the year off, but coaches want to coach and he did and it just didn't work. And I've kind of wondered the same thing about, I've kind of wondered the same thing about Vino and Philly. Was it really the right time for him? Was it the right move for him? But when someone gives you that kind of a big contract, exactly. to say no to, 25 for five, tough to that's say a no lot to. of money yeah. to turn down. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe his. uh... So is he the only guy? Because I know that they have like the all star coaching staff. Don't they have Mike Yo there? Don't they have, uh, I think, Michelle Terry in there? Um, Are. Are they staying? What What are you hearing with them? Terry and I think is out. I think Mike Yo is coaching tonight. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, not that not that Terry's out. I, I mean, just that Mike Yo would would take over on the bench. It's almost like didn't we see that? Well, they have a game tonight, right? So you got to uh, yeah. But, um, when, but when they hired that coaching staff, that's what I was thinking. Like, well, you know who the next coach is going to be if this doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. What, what are the next changes there? I mean, it's got to be players. Well, I, I think yes, but I well, don't forget they also made a bunch of player moves last summer. Well, I know, but at what point? Do you <laughs> how's how's Ristolainen doing right now? You know, I mean, I, at what point in time does this guy just say, "Let's go back to Finland and uh, have <laughs> have some fun"? Not when you're making five and a half million a season, you don't do that. But you you, you never know. Like it could be. Um, I just think, honestly, I just think it uh, – I think there's going to be big changes there in Philly. I, I, I mean, there already have been. I mean, they've, they've made big trades. They just changed the coach. You know, maybe maybe you have to do something even bigger, although there really isn't much bigger than they've already done. Well, what? who's the first player? Claude Giroux. 
Well, the one, you know, the one, re- first of all, it's Rue has control over it. So there's that, but he doesn't have a contract for next year. He addressed it on Friday. He was asked about it and he said, look, I'm not focused on that right now, which is exactly what the answer is you would expect. But anytime a, a star player like him and a cornerstone goes into his last season of a deal and there's no extension, don't you think every, I mean, you guys play, it's on everybody's mind, right? That's all he's thinking about. So, yeah. you know, when, when, and I love Claude Giroux. He's one of my favorite players. I love Claude Giroux, but I just, you know, when a player, I love that Elliot, when a player says, oh, it's, you know, I'm not really thinking about it right now, which means, no, I'm not talking to you guys about it, but it's on my mind nonstop. That's, that's how I interpret that. It's yeah, not like I, he's having a bad year either. He's got 19 points in 22 games. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he, I mean, he has had decline in his game for, yeah. for a number of years. That being said, at what point in time do you just need a fresh face, a fresh beginning? Um, Claude Giroux's been there for a, a very, very long time. Sometimes things get stale. Um, is it the best thing for the team? Is it the best thing for even the player for that matter. So it'll be interesting, interesting to watch what they do uh, with, with some of these guys. Well, look at it, Craig. They made a bunch of big changes last summer. They're not in the right direction. They're making a coaching change. Now. What was the thing we were all wondering about Philly after last year, goaltending? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Their goalies have generally been really good. If, If we thought that their goaltending was going to be like this, that they were going to be in the position they're in, I don't know anybody who thought that. So you're probably sitting here and saying, oh, my God, like, imagine what the next things we're going to have to do is. So who's the jam right there uh, right Chuck now? Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher. And yeah. he's, he's been there for, what, five, five years? I don't Maybe. think he's been there that, that long. long. I don't think so. He was just hired a couple of years two, ago. Two, uh, maybe three years ago? I can't. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you There's right so now. much movement. There's been so much movement in general. Three years. Three, three years. years. December 3rd, 2018. So we just passed three years this week. Why do you ask, Greg? Well, uh, you're wondering about a timeline you know, on him too. Listen, I mean, when you're, when you're going to move a coach and you have, you know, you brought in, you brought in Mike Yo, who was a head coach in the national hockey league for multiple teams. You have Alain Vigneault, who has been an extremely good coach in the national hockey league. Michelle Terrian has done, uh, great things and has coached on multiple NHL teams as a head coach. They had the coaching staff. They, they made moves this, this summer, bringing in Keith Yandel, guys like uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Cam Atkinson, who, uh, you know, is a pretty darn good player in Columbus. They made some moves to try and make some changes, but you know, the, I mean, where's the next step? Where's the next step? Are you looking to move to a guy that has a different philosophy, a different mindset in the direction of this team that would be moving out Chuck Fletcher? Yeah. I mean, and don't forget any, uh, and don't forget also there's, there's Paul Holmgren there. There's Bob Clark there. There's, you know, Comcast has its own views. Like there's a lot of in Philly, you've really got to manage around you. 
because you're not only there, you've got the, the old school flyers who have who are very involved. You've got the new Comcast corporate nature, which is very involved. Like there's a lot. So is it, is it an issue of power over there in Philly? Maybe, maybe beyond the coach and up top and beyond the GM. Is there? No, I, I don't think, I don't think that's the issue. I don't, I don't think Chuck Fletcher is being prevented from doing what he wants to do. But I do think that when you decide to make changes, there's a lot of opinions and, you know, the days of a GM just not having to get clearance to do things, those are over. And there's yeah. just a lot of opinions there. That's, that's it. I don't think he's being prevented from doing anything. Late night for you changes in Vancouver yesterday. Um, you know, is that overdue? I just think, did you guys see their game on Saturday night? I didn't see it. Against but, Pittsburgh? Yeah. So the fans are booing. They're fire banning. They're throwing jerseys on the ice. Um, and that's all a factor. But what stood out to me is, so, and you guys can appreciate this because Kevin BX and Kelly Rudy talked at length about it. And it was really fascinating to listen to them because only guys like you and them have this insight. The buzzer goes, they lose four to one. And Travis Green just has this blank look on his face. Like I've got no more answers and nobody moves on the bench. Eventually one guy just stands up and they all start to file out. And Kevin, who played there, and Kelly, who played almost 20 years, they're looking at each other, and they're looking at that, and they're saying, wow, like that's, that's a powerful image. That's when, as a player, you got nothing. Like, you're sitting here, and you're like, what just happened? I got nothing. And they both said, when you see that kind of reaction after a game, it's, it's a crisis. Yeah. That's a team calling out for help. That room must have been silent after the game. I mean, like we've all been like Craig, you've you've played through, you know, Craig's borderline a coach killer. I mean, he played for like 15 coaches or something, eh, Elliot. So but yeah. but like you lose those games and you walk in the locker room and you're just silent. And you, yeah, I mean, and you're just looking around and no one, even your captain or anyone, has anything to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you say? I mean, when you when you have a year like this one. Um, you know, like, you know, you, you run out of things to say, you know, you meet with the media twice a day. If you're a coach, you, you meet with the media twice a day, you know, eventually there's nothing else to add, right? It's, it's all the same questions, all the same answers. And, you know, at least, at least now there's fresh faces answering the questions. Tell you, I'll tell you, where is the issue on this team? Like, listen, I mean, uh, your, your coach, uh, your coach. Well, they have, or, they have the worst special teams in the league, like okay. a historically bad penalty kill. And, you know, the other thing, too, is it's never on one player, Craig, but Pedersen's lack of offense, like he's a distributor, right? When he's not playing well offensively, he's not just going down himself. He's, as you know, there are players who are the creators and there's players who are the finishers but you can't finish if there's no creation. So Patterson's not only unfortunately taking himself down, he's taking other guys like Besser down with him. I, I, I want, I, I want to tell you just a quick story about a locker room. I was in once where that happened. Like we were just empty and it involves Jason Bottrell. I was playing in the minors. It was my second year and we just, we were having a terrible streak obviously. And I think Honeyworth and John Cristiano would just, kind of hit a wall with coming in with the same repetitive story and the same message, right? Like we had guys up in Ra- or in Buffalo. We had, we had guys down, uh, down with injury 
So my point is, is we just lost a bunch of games and we were just empty. And it was in the, we were in the room and we were silent. No one had taken their equipment off yet. And we're all waiting for the coach to come in. Right. Cause you're at a point where you're like, well, you don't want to look eager to get undressed. Yeah. So, so you're sitting in your gear, just waiting to get torn apart because you don't want to be the guy that looks like, Hey, I got shit to do. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I got to go for beers. My, you know, my girlfriend's waiting for me, whatever. You're like, you know, see what the coach says. So, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And it's like, it's got to be two minutes, three minutes. I don't want to say five or 10, but it was a few minutes and it was awkward silence. And all of a sudden, Bottrell, he stands up. Now, his nickname was the general. I didn't play with him when his nickname was the general, but this is what makes Bottrell, Bottrell, okay? Mm -hmm. He stands up and he walks towards the coach's office and he's just yelling down the corridor, is no one going to come and talk to the team? No one has anything to say. After a game like that, you have nothing to say. It's bullshit. Right? And he's just like, he wanted Cunny to come in and shred us because we deserved it. But, and then I think all of a sudden, Cunny just kind of comes like walking oh down, goodness. walking down. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. It was very interesting. I mean, I'm 21 years old and Bottrell's won World Juniors, NCAA. He's won a Calder Cup. He's there to be a leader. He's got to be 28 at the time, 27. Like, you know, he'd had cups of coffee in the NHL, but my God, like he was known as this like ultimate leader and like, you know, and that was just a, that moment that, but anyway, it was that awkward, silent moment, team? Sorry for hijacking. No, no, I think that's a that's a better story than anything I got. But you know what I would ask both of you guys is because people tell me this all the time. And I think the fans would love to hear it is how much does it change for a coach in regards to how players treat him when players know they're in trouble? Depends on the player. And the I, coach, think some, I, I think some players um, that are looking for relief in their own situation are hoping that the, that the, the coach gets fired. Mm-hmm. So he's not there to help. That's where there's a little bit of a, do- a divide when you sit here and I look at what you just said about the Vancouver Canucks and the vision of an after the game, the coach just distraught because you know that he wants to win. He wants to find a solution and his players are just like, I, we, we're done. We're done. There's some players that are going to be like, never going to quit. They're never going to quit on the coach ever. But there's others that are like, it's time for this guy. Let's just get him out of there so we can all have a fresh start. So mm. you're going to have both sides. I, I really do believe that. There were a lot mm. of times in Buffalo. I think, you know, guys were, I think everyone liked and respected Lindy. But I think for the longest time, I think guys were just kind of like, is this going to be the streak that, that ends it for him? You know what I mean? Like, I thought there was never going to be a day where Lindy Ruff ever got fired out of Buffalo. I wasn't here when it happened, but I like, absolutely, Elliot. I mean, when there are, there are guys that sit and they're like, man, is is coach going to be gone? I mean, I knew I wasn't one of those guys that could say that, but I loved hearing it. It made me feel better about the situation because I didn't feel alone, but yeah, I, I think guys can get really negative. Guys can get really, really negative, and it just it really sucks the life out of the player to want to go play. And everyone will say, 
well, shut up. The guy's got to go play. He's making millions of dollars. It's, it's that easy, but it's not that easy. It's that, you know what I mean by that? Like it's that easy, but it's not that easy. I don't, I don't know that I can explain it, but it's not just shut up and go play in my opinion. I, I, I think that's totally human nature. You know, Craig, it, it's interesting what you said because I'm thinking about like some players are like, let's get this guy out of here so we can get a fresh start. This, off the top of my head, you know, I was talking about this the other day. So, so yesterday, actually, last night. So Tampa, Philly yesterday, okay? Philly loses in New York on Wednesday. They have three days off. Okay, they have three days off. Tampa goes at Minnesota last Sunday at St. Louis last Tuesday, home against St. Louis on Thursday, at Boston Friday, at Tampa, at Boston Saturday, at, at Philly Sunday. So a buddy of mine who likes to gamble texts me. He says, you got to get on Philly tonight. I said, this is a schedule loss for Tampa. Fifth game in eight days, travel back-to-back. And I said... I don't care. I'm not doing it. Like, I just don't like the way Philly's going. And, you know, it's, they lose seven one. And when a gambler says to you, you got to take this team and they lose the game seven to one. That's a problem. That's a real problem. I would never gamble. I would never bet on a team that is having, you know, a season historically that there's a lot of losing and, you know, we all, we all read, you know, the, the, the clips and stuff. And you're listening to the, the conversation of what the player in the room, whether it's, whether it's Miller or, or um, uh, Myers or, you know, the older statesman, the Bo Horvats, the captain, when you start to listen to what they're saying, that's when you know you have a real problem. That's mm. when you know you have a real problem. I, I don't care if Tampa Bay played 10 games in a row right now, 10 games in a row and played Philly on the 11th, I'd still pick Tampa Bay because when you're, or, 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 or I wouldn't be picking Vancouver because when teams are struggling, yeah, it is very, very, very difficult. And there's a difference between struggling for a couple games, but then if you're struggling for weeks, um, you know, a couple months, that's when you're, it's like quicksand. It's quicksand. The more you try and get out of it, the harder it just keeps sucking you in. So, you know, these, these players, I've, I've listened to them speak a lot in the last little while, and they just seem like they're not mentally in the right frame of mind. And for me, that's com- the most concerning because your brain, your brain takes you everywhere. I'll ask you, this is my brain's taken me. The, the 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 bell ticking off there. Is there anything we should know about what's going on on your phone, Elliot? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on today. It's 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 busy. So it's so do me. So it's funny. Like Craig and I were talking before the show, and and I was like, so where do you want to go with Elliot? He goes, this guy's the insider. We got to ask him what's going on. Like so outside the Philly and and Vancouver. What else is there outside Philly, Vancouver? It's a loony bin out there, man. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I know. But so well. So what? So tell what more is there to chase after the actual firings? Then, if you know that Yo is going to kind of take over, like at what point after a trade does does the chasing of that story stop? Like, so if you break the news, you know what's next? Like who's next or what the next yeah. moves are? Who's is that, that, what, that what you're trying next? to dig for? Yeah, 
Yeah. So we know Mike Yo is going to coach tonight against Colorado. We know he's the interim guy. Now it becomes who's who's the permanent guy? Who are they calling? Who are they who are they talking to? Well, could Mike Yo earn that spot? I I don't know. I, I think it would be hard. It it sounds like the the relationship between the players and coaching staff there wasn't easy. So I think that's going to be a challenge. Where's the next firing? You oh, called boy. this. You called this last week. I was saying that to Riv. Uh, before you came on, I was like, Elliot mentioned Philly last week. He said, keep an eye on what's going on in Philly. Well, and- I, don't, I don't think that's like a, a great prediction or anything like that. I mean, anyone could have seen that. Okay. Let me look at the, let me look at the standings. Um, where, where are we at? <laughs> Is that what you do? You look at the standings and you- well, you asked me like, where's the next hotspot to watch? Uh, uh, I mean, Montreal end of the season. No question about that. Um, was there any point this year when the, when the Leafs started the way they did that you thought Sheldon Keefe might have been on the hot spot? I don't. I don't. I didn't think he was on the hot spot because I, I think him and Dubas were kind of tied together. I think Dubas really believes in him, and he did get an extension too. Um, I, I think he Dubas believes in him. So I always thought... I thought in Toronto this year, unless they were 0-20, they were getting a playoff berth to see if they could break through. Uh, I, I really believe that. I caught um, that. I caught that game on Saturday night, the Minnesota game. Love the, tur- game. love the turtleneck, by the way. Oh, thank you. That, that game right there is a classic example of why I hate the shootout. Should have played another five minutes of overtime? No, it should have ended in a tie. Uh, well, you know what? Two of the top teams, the, the the ramifications that were on the line there with like, you know, being in the lead and all this stuff and, you know, the points, that extra point. Like, I think, you know what? Neither team, both teams played well enough to win and walk away with the tie. I'm not, I don't want to get into that discussion, but that's the, for me, that's the definition of a game that should have ended in a tie. See, I, I don't, I don't mind that. Like if the fans are, if the fans are going to want to see a shootout, uh, they're paying, let them see a shootout. You know what I don't like, Andrew, I'm concerned about right now is the way three-on-three overtime is starting to get played. Three-on-three um, three overtime is supposed to be fun. And, you know, you, I mean, you guys know what coaches do. They suck the fun out of everything. Um, they're starting to suck the fun out of three-on-three three overtime. And in, I would in, like, what, in what way? What do you, what do you, what do you mean? They're, they're, they're pulling the puck. Like yeah, some of the all... strategy is pulling the puck back so that you can make line changes and things like that, Craig. Or open but up now, the ice. Yeah. Now it's getting ridiculous. We're, we're getting, well, you're wasting the five play. minutes of, exactly. of overtime. There's, yeah. lo- there's only like 45 seconds of excitement and the rest is just like these guys circling around looking for someone to blow a wheel on the ice or something. But I, I agree with you, Elliot. It, it, it's it, all of a sudden it, where, you know, a couple of years ago, I used to love the three on three. It was mm-hmm. full bore. It was, we need to score. And now it just seems like I, I agree. It's, it's, it's lethargic. It's, it's not fast. It's like they've slowed the three on three down to a snail's pace. Well, what I would, what I would love to see Craig is the AHL try a rule where once you have the puck over center, you can't go backwards, like over and back and basketball. Absolutely. I'd, I'd say, I would say the blue line. Element. I would say the, no, blue the, blue, the blue line's a little different because you already have an offside rule. I, I, I mean, 
I'm not as punitive and mean as you are, Craig. So I would go with center ice as a player. I want to see goals. I want to see mistakes in a row. Made. He's taking a direct swing right at your chin, Riv. I know. I'm. I'm going to tell you right now. Hey, you know yeah, what, Elliot? You, you know what I. You know what I want to know. I want to know if if the league called Philly and Vancouver and said we need big news now so that we can hide Connor McDavid's check from behind so that he oh. won't get suspended. What about what about Toronto? Did you see Toronto Winnipeg last night? A message for those fans: Listen, can't boo or cheer when a guy's getting carried off the ice. Oh yeah. So I, I wonder if Pion's going to hear anything or Spets is going to hear anything. I didn't see. What are you talking about? Pion knee on knee. That okay? That was yeah. I think he. I think he's seriously hurt too. And then Spetsa went after Pion. Clearly headhunting in revenge. Yes, yes, yes. Although, yes. although yes. Pionk did move at the last minute because he saw Spezza coming to kill him. Uh, and sometimes that mitigates things, but nasty night, nasty night. Well, they play. I know I saw this. I know that the, it's amazing. You know what I love? We don't want to see violence in hockey anymore. Like, when, we see, play next? when we see games like that, we know they're playing March 21st again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we already know that Winnipeg's in Toronto on March 21st. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Are you looking that up? Yes. I think it's yeah. March 31st, but you're right. Uh, you know what? I said it was March. So what? Uh, is McDavid going to get suspended? I doubt it. He got yeah. thrown out of the game. I, you know, I, the, the, the campaign came back and played. I, I would be shocked if he got suspended. All right. You know who we're, uh, you know who we're talking to today, Elliot? Who's that? We're talking to him. I don't know when it's going to drop, but uh, we're talking to Ryan Leaf today. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I've after, heard some of his interviews. He's great. After, uh, after we, he's also doing a podcast now called Bust, and mm-hmm. he, uh, he's nine years sober. You know, like we had the Sopal interview, um, and he, you know, soaps went into rehab for drug and alcohol abuse yes. and all this stuff, and he was super open about it. And uh, he and I talked. I'm almost 10 years sober, and, and I, I saw Ryan Leaf had a, had a post about his sobriety and how he woke up on a prison floor like nine years ago. And here he is now. He's got a little boy. He's working for ESPN College uh, football, and, and he's, he's rejuvenated his life. And just a fascinating story. And I've, I've seen some of his, uh, his uh, presentations that he does. He's a public speaker. and It's unbelievable. It's just, you know, I just – for me – he was always kind of a, the ass end of a joke. And I, I kind of, you know, I kind of feel like that's unfair. Now you you learn all these issues that he's had. Right. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think it's always a reminder. Like I always try to think guys don't, you never know what someone else is going through. Right. You right. never know, especially now we're in a really tough time in the world. Like, I always try to wait another second before making judgment because you never know what someone is going through. We, it, that's so well said. And I, I think that is I, the nail on the coffin right there. That is, he, it, you know, you just don't know what someone else is going through right now. I mm-hmm. mean, there's uh, there's a lot going on in this world. Even of, if people uh, aren't open about it or even are ready right. to admit it to themselves, there's everyone's dealing with something. Yes. Every single person, like myself included, all those years masking certain things with certain things. And it's, you know, it, it, it just, it's, uh, you know, you're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. 
everybody's dealing with something. So everybody, everybody's like, I always, like, it's funny. Like I always, one of the, one of the lines that, that me and my buddies have is everybody's got their bullshit. Right. And you just never know what somebody's going through. You never know what day it's going to hit them either. Yeah. You know, like some days right. they can deal with it. Well done. Yeah. Trigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing I, I want to say about up there in Canada, and I don't know if you're close with Bieber or not, but those, <laughs> can we talk about these Beeb donuts? The Timbits? Yes. The, the Beeb bits? Just for a sec. I love Tim Hortons, okay? I am as loyal as they get. But the, what you are know, you talking about? You haven't seen these? They're Justin Bieber designed and made Timbits. And they, are, they look unbelievable. The flavors that this guy, I mean, he had to have smoked 15 joints before and got the munchies <laughs> before he went in there and started creating these flavors. There's no question. The Beeb, oh, so there's multiple called, flavors of Timbits. They're called Beebs. Beeb bits. Beeb bits. Have you tried them? I have not. My my wa- my wife tried them. She wasn't huge in them, but I love the idea. Okay, what's your favorite Timbit before we let you go? Oh, I like the chocolate ones. Can I tell you one more? Chocolate glazed. Kelly, <laughs> can I tell you one more? One. Not going to ask quick. me what which, which one I like. We don't. Care. Yeah, seriously. Sour cream glazed. Sour I like cream. them all. Mm-hmm. Like every single one of them, except for the plain one. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Elliot, I I gotta tell it's you. like eating cardboard. <laughs> I got to tell you. I got to tell you. What'd you say? It's like eating cardboard. <laughs> I got to tell you a quick, a quick Craig story before you go. So, and I, do you remember the day the Eichel trade broke? Obviously you do. Yep. So, so listen to this. Cause you know, our old boss, I hate when you tell so stories you, about me. So you'll appreciate this Elliot. Cause it's so harmless and innocent. You know, our old boss. So, <laughs> so I tweet out at like seven fifteen in the morning that Jack gets traded. Okay. Yeah. Craig, Craig doesn't know. Like I text Craig that Jack's been traded, but he doesn't know that I broke the story. Okay. He doesn't know that I tweeted it out there. So he tweet he texts he texts our old boss who works for the Sabres after we break the news and start our own show. We didn't break the news. We didn't oh, no. break the news. Sorry, when you I broke the news. Oh yeah, yeah. But when when I was getting credit for it, you were saying we. See how this works, Elliot? So yes. So anyway, so at eight thirty, because Craig doesn't know that I broke the story, he just messages a friendly. Text to our old boss. It's a new era in Buffalo. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it was totally so, innocent. You know, totally innocent. innocent. I text with this like, guy for the last like, five years. We leave and start our own podcast. We're breaking your news too. You know? <laughs> but really, what Craig was saying was like, hey, it's a whole new, a whole new era in Buffalo. Fresh new start for Buffalo. But he goes and thanks for telling me that, uh, Petey. He texts our old boss. Anyway, anyway, maybe you don't find that as a great story. I do. I, I, I think, but wait a second. What's your relationship like? Fine. Great. Oh, it's, it's fine. great. Oh yeah. It's, then it, what's the, what's the problem? I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. I just said, I was just telling Craig, I'm like, you understand how misconstrued that could be. Oh, you, you know what? Like, you know, people got to learn to like, like, you know, I got a really thick skin. Like it takes a lot to really bother me. I think we all need to learn to laugh a little bit more, don't you? Uh, 
and that's that's why I'm laughing at the story because Craig's yeah. like, Jesus, are you serious? <laughs> My God. Yeah, like I had no idea. I had no idea. Sound like I was like rubbing it in his face (laughs) or something, and I was like, no, like it was. I just like you know, like anyway, not a big deal. uh, Last thing, Sabers doing anything coming up at all? Are they going to be looking for another goalie? Uh, you know, Jeff mentioned on uh on uh, Saturday night that Dallas asked him about Kudobin. and now there's just a report I just saw that Ben Bishop's going to do a conditioning stint, which I am pleasantly surprised to see i don't know like what it says to me is that the sabers are just they want to keep their flexibility right um and we all know that they want the best pick available so i don't know is there an update on suban how badly he got like he was really excited to go there somebody who knows him told me he was really happy to get the opportunity so i hope it's not that bad yeah well, it was a tough start for him. And I, the one thing I'll say is I don't want him to be judged on his first start. What a, what a no. tough scenario to be tossed into a game, traded from the minors, uproot your life. But again, Carolina, when we were sitting you know, there like, talking about a goaltender that the Sabres are interested in, were we thinking PK, or, uh, uh, Malcolm Subban? Uh, that, like, you know what? I, I, I mean, he's you, playing in the minors. Initially, like I went through everybody, like, and so Subban's name came up, and I just didn't know if they would do that because I had heard they were trying to get something who was someone who was better than what they had, and Subban was kind of on the same level, right? So I I discarded it. Maybe I should obviously I should have taken it more seriously, um, but like I said, like I heard that when he was told, he was really excited. He was like, "All right, I'm going to play." So yeah. uh, you hate to see that. It's what every guy wants is just a chance or another chance, right, Elliot? We appreciate yeah. you. Giving us chance. Sorry, guys. It's a, it's a crazy day here today. So, like, who knows what's going on. Those are on the best there. days, though, when there's Get to work, Elliot. Yeah. Get to work. Bud. Yeah, we, we appreciate you stepping aside. For <laughs> Greg, that. you sound like my bosses. What is – stop screwing around. Get to work. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. You know, I feel like Craig and I are 50-50 here, but he refers to himself as the boss as well. I think it's just how <laughs> – it, you know, there's – there's it's not even key. It's never been said, but we both, we both know that. See you, Elliot. Thanks, man. <laughs> hey, guys, take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Are we done here? Fuck you. <laughs> That's <laughs> That'll do it for episode 19. <laughs> because, yeah. Look at this grumpy bear over there. Tune into the YouTube channel if you're listening. on Just, just to the last couple minutes of the grumpy bear over there. Looks like a, we're leaving this on, too. I'm not taking this off. I literally talk to you for two minutes, tell you something, and you don't even respond. Craig, are you listening? No. (laughs) That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at CraigRivet52, at TheInstigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.